This is Tani Talks Radio, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio.co. This is the Sheer, where we talk a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. Technically, officially now in Season 2, Baruch Hashem, we've been Zolcha to do this for over a year now. Of course, we had different lectures, different Sheer, and before that, you can listen to the Tani Talks Radio on any podcast format as well, on Google, iTunes, Spotify, Yidpod and the like. We are hosted by JewishPodcast.fm, the best place to make and host a Jewish podcast. And all of my shows can be heard on all podcast formats as well. Any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to reach, reach out to MaximumTEE7 at gmail.com. MaximumTEE7 at gmail.com. If there's a topic you'd like us to talk about on the Tani Talks Radio, we'd be happy to do so. If there is a sheer topic you'd love to hear on the Tani Talks Radio, we'd be happy to do so. Make it a topic that's able to be done in 45 minutes or so. That would be ideal. That is the best way to go. And we can go from there. But now, I want to talk about the idea of, I want consolation now! We just had Tisha B'Av. Tisha B'Av is one of the hardest Mo'adim, one of the hardest periods, period days of the entire year. The question always becomes, is Yom Kippur harder or is Tisha B'Av harder? And people go back and forth on either side of the fence. Some people say that Tisha B'Av is harder because it's brutally hot out and it's just so thirst-inducing. Some people say Yom Kippur is harder because it's so much tefillah. But either way, there is an element to the day that you're supposed to make meaningful. Baruch Hashem, we had some meaningful aspects on, on the nighttime, of course, we have the Megillah Echa reading and, and davening, and then during the day we found, you know, a kumzitz here, a kumzitz there, fascinating, very moving. We found two movies from Rabbi Yoel Gold on Hashkifa, beautiful, beautiful, inspiring stuff. We found a movie from uh, Project Inspire as well. Really interesting stuff that we should only know from good things. We should be zochet to have the Geula Shlem, that we won't have to do that again. But the question after Tisha B'Av really becomes... Where is the consolation now? I want consolation now. After experiencing Tisha B'Av just a couple of days ago, leading up to Tuba'av, which was one of the most joyous days in all of the Jewish calendar, that's when the Shaduchim happened, a real answer to Shaduch crisis many, many moons ago. They would all go dance in the field. Everybody would have the same color dress. I don't know about the same dress. And they would say, look at Yichos, look at looks, look at this, look at that. Everyone would find a different element that would cater to them, that really applied to them. That's Tuba of just a few days here in the end of July in 2023, if you're listening to it after the fact. But after Tisha B'Av itself, thinking about all we lost throughout the millennia, including the temples, Beis HaMikdash Rishon, Beis HaMikdash Sheni, the horror of Jewish history, we know World War One broke out on this day as well. We know that the Spanish Inquisition, I believe, the expulsion from Spain happened on Tisha B'Av. Really bad things happened on Tisha B'Av. Three weeks itself also, really bad time of year. Especially, you know, the Holocaust, also really terrible things happened on this date. Very hardcore things. The question becomes, where is the consolation now? If I want consolation now, how do I find it? How do I get it? How can I obtain it? I will tell you personally, in my own life, if I ever go through something difficult, something dark, something depressing, my solution is not really any solution. There's no real good solution to it in general. 
But one thing that does help me is music. You know, three weeks, Tisha from Shiva, Sorba Thomas, Tisha and of course during Sphere also, we can't listen to music. Because music is so awesome, music is so wonderful, music is so beautiful, it really uplifts us. Literally the day after Tisha after Chatzos, I told my wife I have to take out my guitar, that beautiful, wonderful Martin guitar that my mom got for me, saved up over the years, the best guitar in the world in my opinion. And I had to strum and do different songs, and I even played Kol Mikade, Shvi Kol with the guitar it was beautiful it was moving it was haunting because that we can't have during the fact but after the fact we need a little bit of consolation i will say music is a huge help journaling writing is a huge help also Listening to music is a huge help. Also, acapella really doesn't cut it for me. I mean, they try their best, but after three weeks of acapella, I'm a little acapella out. I need my real music back. And playing music, playing guitar for me is hugely, hugely helpful. The question becomes for all of us, though, as a nation, personally and globally, how do we feel the consolation? How do we feel a little bit consoled after the fact, after the Tisha B'Av, after feeling so sad? There's a famous phrase in Judaism, before the Maka, Hashem sends the refuah. Before the hit, Hashem sends the cure. Before the difficulty, Hashem finds the solution. Before the stimulus, Hashem gives the response. Before the pain, the hit, the hurt, Hashem sends the salvation. Now, although oftentimes we can't see it, oftentimes we can't fathom it, many times in retrospect, it is there. If John loses his job at Winthrop University, Maybe it happens after he's already offered a job at Northwell. Maybe it's better. Maybe it's closer to his house. Maybe he lives in New Hyde Park and all their offices and many of their facilities, especially especially two of their hospitals are basically in New Hyde Park or very close to it. Maybe that's much better for him. He doesn't have to schlep to Winthrop anymore. Josh is kicked out of Citibank, but only after Chase makes him a better offer. Sometimes we get the refua before the maka. Hashem took out his wrath on sticks and stones instead of on us as humans. You know, Hashem easily could have wiped out the whole generation. He felt that there was major problems in the generation. You read the Gemara and Gittin in 55 or so, and the Ein Yaakov was a beautiful exploration. I read a few pages of it. It would be wonderful to read all of it. But I read a few pages of it. And it talks about how, you know, Hashem really could have taken everything out. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Some allergies again. Hashem could have easily taken everything out on the Jewish nation. He could have made it really bad for us. He could have hurt us and harmed us in many different ways. But Hashem decided in His infinite mercy to instead of hurting us, to take it out on His house. That's like someone who's really, really angry at those around him. He's really upset at those around him. And instead of, you know, verbally or any other way, God forbid, taking it on those around him, he just knocks down a fence instead. Hashem took down his fence. He took down everything but the Kotel. He took down his base of Migdash, Rishon, and Shani. Hashem took it out on the actual sticks and stones of the base of Migdash instead of on us as humans. As Art Scroll in Yaakov and Gittin explains, and we also mention other times, beating with limit can be withstood. But beatings without limit cannot. Each beating, each difficulty given to us by Hashem actually leads us closer to the Geula. We know it has to come soon. 
we are in the Ikve de Mashiach. We know we are in the heels of Mashiach's time. Some sources say it has to come by 6,000 or even much sooner. We know we're already in the later half of the 5,000s. We can have consolation on the heels of Tishabov that we are on the heels of the Mashiach. Almost hearing him, almost feeling him, we could almost hear the echoes of the footsteps of the Mashiach coming to us almost closer and closer a little bit. We can be consoled. Again, I, I apologize the allergies. We can be consoled that oftentimes Hashem sets things up in advance to take care of matters. You think about the fact that we had the horrific, horrible, tragic, terrible times during World War II, but what happened right afterwards? What happened right afterwards? Hashem already seeded the planting. Oftentimes in different situations, especially in 1948. After the Holocaust, a mere three years later, was the announcement of the modern state of Israel. After six million humans, six million Hashemot, next six million souls were lost. Hashem allowed the rebirth of the modern Jewish state. How incredible is that? And each war was replete from many miracles, many miracles from 48 to 56 to 67 and beyond. <sniffs> Excuse me, Hashem caused magnificent miracles, beautiful miracles, miracle upon miracle that Hashem caused there and beyond. The fact that the Jewish people are around and thriving in spite of so many enemies time and time and time again also is itself a beautiful miracle and consolation. By all counts, we should have been gone eons ago, God forbid. We have made such a difference despite being a minuscule amount in the world. As David Ben-Gurion said, For a Jew to be a realist, you have to believe in miracles. Wikipedia estimates our existence of the world population is at just 0.2%. If there are 7 billion people in the world, and now there's probably even more, 8 billion, maybe even 8 billion people in the world, that's a lot, or just 0.2% of all of that population. As of 2020, the world's core Jewish population, those identifying as Jews above all else, was estimated at 14.8 million Jews. Obviously, in 2023, it might be more. Maybe we're at 50 million flat now. 0.2% of the 7.95, probably 8 plus billion worldwide population And as of now. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that fantastic? Isn't that beyond understanding isn't that beyond thinking about how how wild the numbers can be that we are so small and so few but Hashem let us existence and let us continue to exist throughout the years throughout the time throughout history <laughs> Robinson Heller points out on com. what words are there in human vocabulary that describe what happened in Auschwitz in Treblinka, in Eastern Europe, in York, where a castle was burned, along with the Jews hiding inside, in Spain, where they burned people at the stake for the crime of being Jewish. We have not disappeared from the map. We have emerged from each confrontation with the vulture that seeks to consume us, shaken but alive. Whatever else we knew when we left the camps, it was that what we are and what we want to be cannot even remotely resemble what the Germans have chosen to make of themselves. This is not the Holocaust, but rather is what prevented us from disappearing into Bavala, to Spain, to Greece. In each instance... We rediscovered ourselves by facing the mirror and rejecting the image that we once thought was our own, knowing now beyond a shadow of doubt that it is not our image nor it will ever be. The month of Av is the time in which we confront this aspect of our history. The sign of the month is the lion. 
it symbolizes our encounter with raw force. Interestingly, the first day of Av is the anniversary of the passing of Aharon, Moshe's brother, who is known as the ultimate man of peace. You know, be like Aaron, have a Aaron, oh, have shalom, the road, have shalom. You know, he chased peace, he pursued peace, he wanted peace for all people. He would go to one person, another person. What do you, do you know what he said about you? You know what he said about you if he only knew? And they would say, if Aaron was going out of our way so much to try to take care of us, to try to help us, and try to get us to see the error of our ways, if he wants to befriend us, how could we be like this? How could we do this? We have to do better. We have to be better. So it's the passing of Aharon in this month at that time who was known as the ultimate man of peace. What this tells us is that although we may currently be distant from God, from Hashem, and from our higher selves, ultimately there will be the peace that he envisioned, peace that is based on the emergence of our higher selves on the part of us that is man, not beast. The Nefesh HaSichli, not the Nefesh HaBahami. Nothing can be further from this man from, nothing can be further from this than the peace based on mutual fear that is all we can realistically aspire to if we see the current existence of Israel without its historical frame. The Talmud tells us that the Mashiach will be born on the 9th of Av, on Tisha B'Av. This is the day in which both temples, will, both base and Megdashes were destroyed. The Spanish expulsion of the Jews took place in World War I, the parent of World War II broke out. What this tells us is that the same covenant that promises suffering promises redemption. They are two sides of one coin, labor and birth. It reminds us of the beautiful, beautiful aspect of the Gemara. And we'll get to that later where Rabbi Kiva talks about it. But it's a beautiful aspect and we'll talk about it in a little bit. The idea being that we could look at a situation and try to find some consolation. The fact that we are here at all in the 21st century is nothing short of a miracle. Nothing less than a miracle. You know, Shweki sings, we are a miracle. It's so true. We may never allow ourselves to forget what we have suffered. The fact that God is committed to never allowing us to disappear does not exonerate those who have perpetrated history's worst crimes against us. Their intentions were evil. Their choices were made consciously, and most significant of all, their bestiality knew no bounds. We must also not allow ourselves to forget who we are and why we have survived. We are God's people with a mission to fulfill Avraham's bris, Avraham's covenant. We aim toward living seamless lives, elevating the physical and having faith in God, having faith in Hashem. The fact that we are here at all in the 21st century that we have not forgotten who we are and that we are committed to continuing to live out our covenant with God is nothing less than a miracle. The 15th of Av, Tuba Av, was a time of joy. Just a few days after Tisha B'Av, and for us right now in July, the end of July 2023, it's literally a day or two away. It was a time of joy. In ancient times, it was a day in which marriages were arranged and new beginnings were celebrated. It was a time in which we began again, expressing not just who we don't want to be, but who we can be, who we want to be. This Av should bring us joy, should bring us fulfillment, and should bring us consolation. And again, you could bring yourself consolation on some tiny level, thinking about how Hashem took it out on sticks and stones. I want consolation now! Think about it. Think about it actually. What did Hashem do to ensure 
that we are still around? What did Hashem do to ensure that the Jewish nation sustained and was allowed to exist to this day? He took out his wrath on the sticks and stones. What can we do to see some consolation? We could see the beautiful Torah learning in Eretz Yisrael and Israel and beyond. All over the place, we could see that there is learning all over the place. We could see that there is greatness all over the place. Torah, mitzvah, chesed. Who is a more chesedic nation than the Jewish people? Beautiful, beautiful types of organizations, beautiful types of movements, beautiful things that are out there. All you have to do is sign up to dailygiving.org, the beautiful tzedakah movement, to see who they give tzedakah to every day. Camp Hask, get Aisha Torah, Project Inspire, and, and Miss Askim, and this and that, Maspia. These beautiful organizations that need our help, but the beautiful idea, the beautiful organization that created the idea to give the dollar a day, which is also a beautiful Jewish invention, these are all wonderful things to see where we can to understand that we can find it. We can see the constellation of the beautiful Jewish music, the beautiful Jewish shiurim, the beautiful Jewish content that's out there. Even reading a book, a Jewish book, which is a huge thing for my wife and I, where we have the free lending library out of our basement here in Long Island. It is a wonderful thing to just pick up a book and see the Jewish themes that are printed in English, and it's such good books. We have such good books right now. I'm about to finish the new Sayal Gaboa series book. I love those books, you know, from Sifta. From Yona Sapir, you got to read his books. They're amazing. Non-stop action, really cool. Super agent Ayal goes on another adventure. You know, you got to read it. Even that is consolation because we see that there's beautiful Jewish literature out there that has good Jewish ideals and good Jewish values. There's so many shirim, so many videos, so many podcasts. Come to jewishpodcast.fm. I'm happy to help you set up your podcast along with my five and many other out there. Join the Tani Talks universe and those out there to bring your content. There's so much out there. We could feel a little consolation that Hashem is with us in what we do and different ideas. Whether you want to make a concept or whether you want to make a book, I want to work on this book, this five-o book at Willing. We're putting a lot of work into it. We're hoping that it'll come in the future at some point. But if you want to do what you can to bring it, there's consolation to see that we can listen to beautiful Jewish music. We could play Jewish beautiful music. There's so many things, so many programs, so many connections out there we could be connected to, even in Gullus, that we should feel a little bit consoled. Slovy Youngrice Wolf points out from the daughter of Rebbets in Esther Young writes the famous Alava Shalom. She points out this daughter on H.com. There is only one consolation. We cannot allow these tormented souls to have died or lived in vain. Each of us has a mission, a responsibility to persevere. We begin by not allowing their memory to wither and die. God forbid. We must never forget or grow indifferent. Time robs us of our passion. Days pass and memories fade as the generation who survived and bore witness to the murder of our people dwindles and more than pass away every day. There should be Zohar to live on Meva Esrim Shana till Mashiach comes and beyond. The torch is now passed on to us. Those who have walked before us were willing to give all they had, even their very last breaths here on earth, so that we remain steadfast as a nation. We have endured because we have held on tenaciously to our indomitable spirit, our deep roots, and our miraculous journey as a nation. We refuse to die. The world has tried to erase the Jews, but you and I are here today because defiance is woven into the spiritual DNA of the Jewish people. We hold the future of our nation in our hands. Live an inspired life. Stand up for your people.
Connect to those who came before you. Tap into Jewish wisdom. Be a blessing and know that the voices that were silenced will speak through you and through me. You look at what it says in Bereshis, and say for Bereshis, Parakei Pasuk Chavtes, and he named him Noach, saying, This one will provide us relief from our work and from the toil of our hands out of the very soil which Hashem placed under a curse. What relief did they get? The Malbaman that Pasuk says he named him Noach, saying, This one will console us. The commentary explains elsewhere on Isaiah Yeshaya that the sense of the verb Nun, chet, mem, is the change of attitude. This is consistent with the idea of consoling mourners. We should have enough such things as the mourners' attitude changes from grief to happiness. This is also consistent with the idea of regret, as it says here, this one will make us regret from now on. We will refrain from our useless activities that have no positive effect for the benefit of humankind, and thereby we will also find rest from our evil and the land which is cursed as the result of our evil ways. Also talks about the fact that Noah invented different tools for toiling, for planting, for sowing that made planting much easier for those around him. It was really consolation for them to see that they were able to plant in a better way, they were able to, to harvest in a better way, they were able to be involved in a better way. They saw that because of this work, because of what he did, what he brought, they were able to find the relief. They were able to have the relief in their life. <laughs> From now on, there will be more positive effects, more benefits. Again, I apologize for the sniffles and whatnot with the allergies coming about. Megillah 16b points out, Tess Zion on the bed. It says with regard to Yosef's remarks to his brothers, and he comforted them, and he spoke to their hearts after he revealed himself to them, which must have been a very, very intense moment. Ani Yosef Ani Yosef That must have been a very intense time. So the brothers are basically trembling and cowering from before him. They know what they did to him was very wrong. And they, they're shriveling from his manifest power as being the viceroy, the second head in charge of the entire Egypt, which was a major superpower at the time. He comforts them and speaks to their hearts, as it points out in Bereshis, in chapter 50, Pasuk 21, in verse 21, Rabbi Binyamin Bar Yefet said, that Rabbi Elezer said, this teaches that he spoke to them words that are acceptable to the heart and alleviated their fears. This is what he said. If ten lights cannot put out one light, as all of you were unable to do me harm, how could one light put out ten lights? That is another aspect to think about. That the evil, the Amach Shemams, the Rishaim, the terrible people over time, over history, were not able to put out our light. Hashem didn't let them put out our light. Hashem saved us from their wickedness. Hashem saved us from the evil desires of their heart, from the evil desires of their mind, from the evil desires of their of their nefarious plots and themes. They wanted to do such bad to us. They wanted to destroy us. They wanted to really hurt us. But they weren't able to. They weren't able to fight us. They weren't able to destroy us. They weren't able to get into our minds. They weren't able to destroy us. Hashem allowed us to persevere. Hashem allowed us to keep at it. And Hashem allowed us to be okay. Hashem allowed us to break through in each generation and really to be able to stay alive and to stay strong and true to our true colors day in and day out and to be able to be involved 
to keep going forward and to keep trudging through history day in and day out to do, do what we can. Real consolation comes from the fact that we think about what we can in this life, to think about what we can do in this world, and to think about how we can be involved in making the world a better place, in making the whole universe a better pra- a better place, and doing what we can to light up the world and to do really good things in this world. We have to move forward each day, day in and day out, to do what we can to try to bring the world to a greater place, to bring a a wonderful, wonderful aspect to this life, to this world, to do what we can to make this world better. Sometimes there isn't really much we could say to other people, but we could tell them and we could guide them and we could show them, look what X, Y, and Z has done with their life. Look what they have brought to this life, what they have brought to this world. Look what they they contributed to this world. Look what they contributed to this life. Look what they did. There are seven Haftorahs of consolation. The first one after Tisha B'Av is Nachamu, Nachamu, Ahavami, Nachamu, Nachamu, Yomar Elokechem. Hashem tells us comfort, comfort my people. It will be okay one day, day in and day out, week by week. It'll feel a little better, it'll feel a little better. It takes seven weeks to comfort, while it took three weeks to prescribe judgment and prescribe really harrowing, terrible things. The Echa, Megillah Echa, if you ever look at it, it really describes really terrible, terrible, tragic, barbaric things that happened within the nation, but seven weeks, seven consolation, just like seven days of Shiva, it takes some time, little by little, to be consoled. Rashi talks about in Yeshaya, in chapter 51, verse 19, with whom will I console you? With whom will I bring to you to console you and to say that also to a certain nation, that certain nation suffered in the same manner? There is no one like us that went through such difficulties throughout the years and we can also be consoled to think about that hopefully we're that much closer to the Mashiach that hopefully we're that much sooner to the time of the redemption that we're that much sooner sooner to the time of the Beit HaMikdash to the time of the Beis HaMikdash we're that much closer and hopefully it'll be coming that much faster the Tosefta and Brachos talks about in 3-4 he used to say Whoever people like, God likes him. And whoever people do not like, God does not like him. Whoever likes his own deeds, it is a good sign for him. Whoever does not like his own deeds, it is a bad side for him. If you can understand in the fact that you're doing mitzvahs day in and day out, if you could understand in the fact you're doing chesed day in and day out, you could understand in the fact that you're doing Torah day in and day out, that itself could be some consolation. I want consolation. Now, look at yourself. Look at your deeds. Look at your days. What do you use your days for? What do you keep yourself busy with? Is it Narishkeit or is it actually something that is very helpful to the Jewish world? It is helpful to the world at, at large. Are you wasting time thinking about the Knicks and the Giants or are you using time's moments not at work and not taking care of the spouse and kids thinking, what can I contribute to the world? What can I do for the world? When I'm not, you know, being an OT for the DOE, for public school, 
I have a second job where I work on some WhatsApp groups and help podcasters sign up. And of course, my side passion of my five podcasts that hopefully infuses a little meaning, a little Torah into the world. And of course, the side side project of the, the book project, finding the family and the items each week. These are things that I want to contribute to the world. These are the things that I want to give it to the world. And I console myself on some tiny level to think about what can I bring to the world? Hashem wants us to get closer to Mashiach, closer to making the world a better place. What can we contribute? What can we make? What can we do to make the world a lighter place, a more beautiful place, a world that is greater and more fulfilled? We can contribute by using our ideas. Do you have good deeds? Is it a good sign for you? Do you do good things that people like you, that people appreciate you, and people recognize your talent and recognize your abilities in this world so too Hashem will hopefully you'll do what you can in this world to make this world a better place to make it a more wonderful place do what we can to really uplift the world really bring the world to a better state of existence Alistair Ben Sun points out in 25 Ben Azai would say when someone's mind is calm, as as a result of the wisdom they have acquired, that is a good sign. When someone's mind is not calm, as a result of the wisdom they have acquired, that is a bad sign. When someone's mind is calm in the face of his wants, that is a good sign. Oh, I really want that cheeseburger. You cannot have it. But I really, really want it. It smells so good. It looks so good. You cannot have it. If you could be calm in the face of something you really want, that is a good sign. When someone's mind is not calm in the face of his wants, that is a bad sign. When the sages look kindly upon someone at the time of his death, that is a good sign. When the sages do not look kindly upon someone, that is a bad sign. We want it to be... Even if you acquire a lot in this world, even if you do a lot in this world, don't get arrogant. Don't be haughty over it. Don't think that you're the best thing since sliced bread. You have an achrayas to the world. You have a capability and, and something you have to contribute to the world. That is something you should realize. That is a good sign for you to think about. Understand that, that you can't always have everything right now. Do what you can. Obviously, people have addictions and afflictions and they have to work on themselves and their innards, obviously. But do what you can to try to fight those things as much as you can, even if it's a day. I had a good day today, Baruch Hashem. You know, Yankel Shmel really wanted that drink and he, he oftentimes slips and he takes it, but at least today he had a good day. At least Monday, Tuesday he had a good day or two. That is a good sign. As sages look at you, what do they see when they look at you? You know, after a person's 120 years, we should be Zelcha. What do they say about your life? What did you contribute? What did you do? What did you bring to this world? Is it a good sign? Is there a good sign that people could look? When the sages do not look kindly, that is not a good sign. We know. Perkeyavos teaches us again that Perkeyavos is coming back, God willing, in just a few weeks with the start of the school year, God willing, in 2023, fall. The Living Lessons Family Edition, a new safer I found that hopefully is going to be really cool, really family-oriented. Join us on the journey. Perkei Avos tells us, though, in Perkei Mishnah Yud Aleph, there are four kinds of temperaments. Easy to become angry and easy to be appeased. His gain disappears in his loss. So yeah, he's easy to be appeased, but he was easy to become angry to begin with. So what does he really gain? Someone's hard to become angry, but then he's hard to be appeased. Again, the loss disappears in his gain. Yeah, it was hard for him to get angry, but it was so hard to calm him down. It was so hard to placate him. What what gain did we have? It was swallowed up by that loss. It really was not something good. 
If someone is hard to become angry, but he's easy to be appeased, this is a pious person. Someone who is easy to become angry and hard to be appeased, that is a wicked person. How can we work on our own consolation? How can we be consoled in this life if we can't work on our temperaments, if we can't work on ourselves? That should be someone, you know, it's easy to console him as a nation. Hopefully it could be easy to console us as well. If we all work on our temperaments and our midos and become better people that we're worthy and, desi- and deserving of getting the base victors, how wonderful a thing would that be? So one of those things is to be someone who is hard to become angry but easy to become appeased. That is really a pious person. If someone's easy to become angry and hard to appease, that's really the worst. He comes angry so easily, but it's so hard to calm him down. You're lost in all directions. Try to work on yourself. You want real consolation now? I want consolation now. Work on yourself to be a person that is deserving of that consolation now. Work on yourself to be that person that has the good temperament that will be zochet to worthy to be able to greet the Mashiach, to be worthy to greet the Beis HaMikdash HaShlishit, who will be a person who is worthy to greet the third Beis HaMikdash. Work on yourself in such an aspect. Hard to become angry, but easy to become appeased. That's the type of person that you should try to become. Brochos points out on Mem Gimel Amid Bed, 43b, Rav Zutra Bartovia said that Rav said, some say that Rav Chana Barbizna said that Rabbi Shimon HaChasidah said, and some say Rabbi Yochanan said, and the name of Rabbi Shimon Ben Yochai or Bar Yochai. It is preferable from an ethical perspective for one to throw himself into a fiery furnace rather than humiliate another person in public. Where do we know this? From Tamar, the daughter-in-law of Yehuda, when she was taken out to be burnt. She could have easily said what happened, but she was literally being about to be burnt at the stake. Rather than embarrass her father-in-law, Yehuda, she sent him the signs and he misplaced them and finally found them. But she did what she could to remain secretive about the fact that she had children from him. We also know from Mar Okva and his wife, the charity collectors, that they did what they could not to embarrass the people on charity. If they really wanted charity, they needed charity, they gave it to them. One time, the poor person wants to know, who is giving me this charity? I am so curious to know. Marukva was a little late that day for whatever reason. He comes with his wife a little late, and the the route is a little off. The timing is a little off. So they come, and the guy actually is about to see them. They realize that he's trying to find out who they are. They start running for their lives because the best type of charity is anonymous. We don't want to embarrass the person. We don't want the person to feel even a tiny bit of shame or humiliation. It's better to throw someone into a fiery furnace than to embarrass them in public. What does Mark and his wife do? They have nowhere to hide. They literally jump in a flaming hot oven. Mark is singed on his feet. His wife is fully, fully taken care of. No singes on her feet. Why? Mark asks his wife because when he's busy getting the food or whatnot ready, the wife is the one that makes sure that there's food on the table and he's taken care of. She goes a tiny bit above and beyond even her husband. And why is this important? Because we know... The first base of English was destroyed for Gili Rai, Shvich, and Avodah Zarah. There's much idolatry rampant nowadays. It doesn't mean that a person is bowing to a stone. It means a person is idolizing people, idolizing money, running after the wrong type of role models, running after the wrong type of a life, doing the wrong kind of a thing, being involved in the wrong kind of things. You're worshipping money, worshipping power, worshipping respect, worshipping the wrong types of people. 
You should worship Hashem and only Hashem and follow in the Torah and build up yourself in Torah, Mitzvah, and Chesed. People are guilty of bloodshed. It doesn't mean every single person is killing with a gun or a knife. It means that they're publicly humiliating a person, which is as if you killed the person. Publicly humiliating a person is literally like Shvich and We talked about this on a different time. It's literally like killing a person. And how many people are so easy to cynicize someone, especially in public? And I don't mean in front of a stadium of Met Stadium or Met Life Stadium. I mean a quarry of two in public is public. Social public is also bad. Cybersphere is also bad. Cyberbullying is terrible. Bullying in real life is terrible. Cyber is bad also. Hurting someone, talking down to them, online, offline, in person, or not, in the public sphere, which is even just more than one person. That's all shvichastamim. And Gilead Rice obviously is rampant. There is so much immorality nowadays, we don't have to go into that. That was the first big Samigdash's problem for being destroyed. The second big Samigdash's problem, why was it destroyed? There was much chesed in those days. You know, three rabbis stood up, they would have saved the entire Jewish life for 21 years, Gemara Gittin points out on 55 to 58. They would have saved it for 21 years. The problem was if you don't have proper respect for one another, like Rabbi Akiva students during the sphere of 24,000 died, they didn't give respect to one another. There wasn't the proper Ahavas in those days. And the solution to Sinas is Ahavas If the base of Mirus was destroyed of it and it's still not built these days, which means it's still a problem today, the solution has to be the opposite. Pointed out by Chavz Chaim, I believe, and other commentators. How do you go about Ahavas Chinam? By starting with the steps that lead up to the opposite of Sinas Chinam. What leads to Sinas Chinam? Rechila, spreading rumors. You know what Shainal said about Surul? You know what Avrumul said about Moishal? Doesn't matter. You've got to get away from the Lashon Hara, move to Lashon Tov. Get away from the Motsi Shemra, move to La- Motsi Shem Tov. Instead of finding, falsifying things and disgustifying a person's name, Try to beautify a person's name. Find good things to say about people. Find the good in the name. Moti Shem Tov. Take out good from a person's name. Find the beautiful things a person does. Instead of Lush and Hara, talking derogatory, despicably, uh, disgustingly about other people, putting them down, talk Lush and Tov. Talk how good people are, how wonderful people are. Look for the benefit of the doubt always. You want to be done? Don the Kavs is the only type of judgment you should ever do. We've talked about that many times. And instead of spreading false rumors spread wonderful beautiful things and wonderful rumors about wonderful things that should be done wouldn't it be wonderful if there was this kind of event let's approach Tani let's approach this one let's approach that one I'm not a leader in any any which way or form, but there are some things I'm very passionate about and some things that Hashem gave me talents and creative things, and I'm happy to help. It would be wonderful. So talk to one another, talk to others, spread only good embers. No avak lashon hara, no avak rechilas, avak lashon tov, avak mochi shame tov. Bringing out good things. Avas chinam is the antidote, and public humiliation is a bad thing. So the opposite of making sure there is no humiliation and there's only humility would be an antidote to get the base of Megdash Hashlishi, to get the third temple, to get the third base of Megdash. How wonderful it would be if all of us learned how to have a little consolation, a little more Torah, a little more Derech Eretz. Derech Eretz Kadmala Torah. Why I'm so big on Perkei Elvis, it teaches so much Derech Eretz that we have to internalize on ourselves. Join us for season seven in a couple of weeks. We need to work on a Derech Eretz. We need to work on 
on how we talk to the security guard, the barista, the crossing guard. These people need derech eretz. If there's ahavas chinam love for all people, for no reason other than the fact that they're selam elokim, that they're Hashem creatures, that would be a wonderful thing to do. We need to be involved in good things. Baruch 17a points out, Excuse me. Rava was one to say the objective of Torah wisdom is to achieve repentance and good deeds. That one should not read the Torah and study Mishnah and become arrogant and spurn his father and his mother and his teacher and one who is greater in he than, than he in wisdom or in the number of students who study before him as it is stated the beginning of wisdom is fear of the Lord. A good understanding have all who fulfill him from Tehillim. Do what we can to understand the real objectives in life, to be involved in Torah, to be involved in Chesed, to be involved in Torah. Whatever you can do, we run a little library out of our basement. It's not a huge thing, but it was a great idea from my wife that Hashem put into my mind as well. We have all of these novels sitting around anyway, from Feldheim, from Shar Press, from a the the from all of these other ones, Manucha Publishers, you want to join us, come out to Long Island and take out a book, I'm happy to have you. Maximum TEE7 at gmail.com anytime. We're happy to have you. From Judaism to have these wonderful books, we have 40 adult ones, we have like 20 or so kid ones, we have a little bookshelf in our basement that we want to lend out the free lending library, FLL. That was a simple chess that we thought we could do because we love reading anyway. We want to share it with other people. You can do anything you want. You have hundreds of books you could do it too. You have hundreds of coats. You can have a coat gemach. You have medical supplies. You can have medical supply gemach. The possibilities are endless. You could do what you can to help the people. Al Torah, al avodah, al gemilos chasadim is what the the world was founded and exists upon. Shalom of Shalom Torah and avodah also are important, but what sustains the world is really gemilos chasadim along with Torah and prayer. We need to be involved in those things. Gimel's chassan really can hasten and hasten the coming of Mashiach. May we be zocha that it comes speedily in our days. I want to point out two last sources for us to wrap up, and hopefully we're consoled on a tiny level, on a tiny way. Really, it's all a matter of perspective. Rabbi Akiva is the real beacon of light. In seeking consolation after the loss of the temples, the loss of the base amigdashes, and we talk about this in the optimism sheer, how wonderful Rabbi Kiva is, such a beacon of light. In difficult times, we know Rabbi Kiva lost his life to iron, really, really, really devastating, tragic horrific circumstances at the end of his life and he still was happy was laughing to be able to say Shema at the end of his life so the sages are all walking on the Temple Mount listen to this Makos 24b the Gemara relates an incident involving some sages on an occasion they were ascending to Yerushalayim after the destruction of the Temple when they arrived at Mount Scopus and saw the site of the Temple they rent the garments in mourning in keeping with the halachic practice. When they arrived at the Temple Mount, they saw a fox that emerged from the site of the Kodesh HaKadoshim. They began weeping, but Rabbi Akiva was laughing. They said to him, For what reason are you laughing? Rabbi Akiva said to them, For what reason are you weeping? Such an optimistic outlook. They said to him, This is the place concerning which it is written, and the non-priest who approaches shall die? From Bamidbar Perak Aleph, Pasuk and now fox is walking in and we should not weep? Rabbi Kiva said to them, that is exactly why I am laughing as it is written when God revealed the future to the prophet Yeshaya. And I will take to me faithful witness to attest Uriah the priest and Zechariah the son of Jeberechiah from Yeshaya Perak Chet. Now what is the connection between Uriah and Zechariah? 
he clarifies the difficulty. Uriah prophesies during the first temple period. Zechariah prophesies during the second temple period. As he, among, he was among those who returned to Zion from Bavel. Rather, the verse established the fulfillment of the prophecy of Zechariah is dependent on fulfillment of the prophecy of Uriah. In the prophecy of Uriah it is written, Therefore for your sake Zion shall be plowed as a field, and Yerushalayim shall become rubble, and the temple mount as the high place of a forest. The highest, highest places of a forest from Micha Paragimel, where foxes are found. There is a rabbinic tradition that was prophesied by Uriah, that this was prophesied by Uriah. In the prophecy of Zechariah it is written, There shall yet be elderly men and elderly women sitting in the streets of Yerushalayim. Zechariah Parakhet. Until the prophecy of Oriah with regard to the destruction of the city was fulfilled, I was afraid that the prophecy of Zechariah would not be fulfilled, as the two prophecies are linked. Now that the prophecy of Oriah was fulfilled, it is evident that the prophecy of Zechariah remains valid. The Gemara adds, the sages said to him, employing this formulation, Akiva, you have comforted us. Akiva, you have consoled us. Akiva, you have comforted us. You have consoled us. We can get a little bit of consolation from the fact that we see that there is the children laughing in the streets of Yerushalayim. We see the elderly men and women sitting in the streets of Yerushalayim. How beautiful we see the beginning of the the Geula, the beginning of the, the streets filled with the sounds of laughter and the sights of smiles and how the desert blooms, which was a dream of the original people who founded the modern state, which is a beautiful thing to see as the, the prophecies talk about how the land will turn green again. For years it was desolate. Mark Twain went to visit in the 1800s, I believe, and it was barren. I don't know why people want to come to this land, but when the Jewish people came back, and especially when they cultivated the land and kept the mitzvah story, it's beautiful, uplifting stories, those who do Shemitah, beautiful to see how the land literally turned to green and Hashem allowed beautiful things to come the grapes and the dates and the olive oil and the wine beautiful beautiful stuff how much consolation can we feel from that and you think about the Haftorah that just passed us from Yeshaya 40 Nachamu Nachamu Ahalami Nachamu Nachamu Yomar Elokechem Damu Alev Yerushalayim Comfort, O oh comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Yerushalayim. Declare to her that her term of service is over, that her iniquity is expiated, for she has received at the hand of the Lord double for all her sins. We should feel on some level that consolation. We should see how Hashem took out His wrath on sticks and stones rather than on the people itself. We should see how Hashem allowed the Jewish people to endure for thousands and thousands of years and feel the comfort, the consolation on some level. I want my consolation now, so listen close. We could see this consolation in these aspects. How a mere three years after one of the biggest tra- tragedies and the, one of the most horrific things in our past was the founding of the modern state of all those Jewish people coming back. We could see how we're so small in number but so powerful in influence. We could see how we are still around and we're contributing and doing such good to the world and we should continue to do good to the world following in Avram's way, being involved in Torah, Chesed, and Mitzvos. Using your passion, your responsibility to persevere, to do what you can, to bring your spiritual DNA to the people, to light up the world understanding that we can do what we can to bring consolation to the world, understanding that you can have a good temperament, work on your mitos to make the world better, work on yourself to be involved in not idolizing the wrong things, not spilling blood of humiliation, not 
being involved in immoral things, doing what you can to stand up and bring Ahavat Chinam to the world and not being involved in the opposite so we can be Zoha to merit the building of the base of Mignosh. And may this actually be the last year we have ever had to do a Tishabah. We should be Zoha to be involved in Ahavat Chinam. We should be Zoha to be involved in Lashem Tov and Torah, Chesed and Mitzvahs to be involved and Zoha that we're finally the generation that gets it, that understands that we are the builders to be involved in Ahavat Chinam, that we are the ones that were Zoha to build the third base of Mikdash and it should happen speedily in our days and may we be Zoha that it actually happens today. This has been Tani Talks Radio where we talk about a, a topic for the week for the audience members to keep here on Tani Talks Radio and I'm your host, Tani. <laughs>